You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily Ohio State Buckeyes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. It is Friday, December 14th. I am Brandon Beam. Matty Ice is out today. He is traveling up to Cleveland. And you know what? I'm kind of out today. So by the time that you're listening to this podcast, I'll be in Chicago. So what we decided to do today was to put together a nice little best of program, giving you our mindsets for the past three weeks. We're going to start you off with our initial Monday reaction of the Michigan game. That's 62 to 39 beatdown in the horseshoe. We're then going to fast forward to our Monday reaction after the Northwestern game and decide uh, where we found out that Ohio State wasn't going to be in the college football playoff. And then we're going to give you last Monday's first segment when Dwayne Haskins was invited to the New York Heisman ceremony. Didn't get any love, so I hope you enjoy. And we're going to start you off. Matty Hayes picked against Ohio State in the horseshoe against Michigan where Urban Meyer was 7-0. and Here you go. We'll start you off with that. I was dead wrong because the Buckeyes hey, said, you know what, brother? We're going to send a plate of crow to your crib, and you're going to enjoy it all And how good does it taste, long. though? Eh, it tastes pretty good. It tastes it all right. It tastes pretty good. It tastes it okay. It tastes pretty good because, look, the Buckeyes, they came out on Saturday, <sighs> and they laid down a whooping on the Michigan Wolverines. If you hadn't haven't seen the final score, 62 to 39. Mm. Yeah, that's right. 62 oh, to man. 39. <laughs> and you guys Boy. know... We talked about it all last week, Beam and I, how much respect we have for this Michigan defense, what they've oh, yeah. been able to do all year long. Um, I mean, they gave up, what, an average of 13.5 points a game? Sure. 13.5 points a game coming in uh, to, the, to the matchup on Saturday against Ohio State. Ohio State puts up 62, and honestly, they could have put 70 on their heads if they really wanted to. This was an absolute incredible performance by this team. I don't think anyone could have seen this coming. Not right? this. I think some people felt good about Ohio State because they were playing at home. And the way this rivalry works, you never really know, especially from an emotional standpoint, what you're going to get from either team, either coach, whatever the case is. And it was another case of that, man. And look, Ohio State, they just came into this thing and they didn't care what Michigan had done all year long. And I was talking to Brad. He's a promotions Brad on there. We did the fantasy show out at Nasty yesterday. You came out Mm -hmm. and had a good time. And he said they were at the skull session, right? And Paris Campbell came up there, and he mentioned, you know, the Karan Higdon thing. Yeah. And look, for us, I know you didn't think it was that big of a deal. I thought it was a big of a deal, pretty big deal. But for those guys in that locker room, yeah. it mattered. It mattered, right? And I was the one saying they need to put that thing on a continuous loop all week long and to get did. those goals fired up. And they probably did. Whether yeah. it was the coaches or whether it was just the veterans on that team, they took it personal, right? And little things like that absolutely matter, especially when you hear all week long from guys like me, from national pundits, that this is the year Michigan's going to get it done. They're the better team X and O wise. I think Ohio State will always have the better head coach on that sideline as long as Urban Meyer's here uh, with Harbaugh there because now I I think comfortably – I can say that Harbaugh is a bit overrated. Yeah. Right? I think we get caught up in this, not you and I, but I think a lot of people get caught up in this every single year of Harbaugh being this incredible offensive mind, right? Mm -hmm. But I think, honestly, the guy that deserves the most credit for Michigan's success during Harbaugh's tenure is Don Brown. Because this defense, year in and year out, week in and week out, has been absolutely dynamite. And offensively, that's always been the struggle. And we saw it again on Saturday. 
to where you held Karan hitting to what seventy two yards in the game. Yeah, absolutely incredible performance by this defense. We'll get to the offense, but I think because you and I weren't worried about the offense, that's not what we were worried about. It was more of what are we going to get defensively against this team, especially coming out of the Maryland game where we watched them run all over Ohio State. But being just absolutely incredible what they did, holding Shea Patterson to 187, holding Karan Higdon to 72 here. I mean, it was absolutely spectacular what this defense did. You got to show them a lot, a ton of love. I know Nico Collins kind of got off on a little bit on Kendall Sheffield, but I thought that was pretty good coverage, right, on those two touchdowns. You got to give him credit. I mean, um, you look at a guy like Nico Collins, Maddie, and, uh, you know, if Ohio State's offense wasn't doing – what they were doing all day, we would have looked at Nico Collins the same way that Ohio State fans are looking at Chris Olave Man, how about that? Uh, this Monday. I mean, we would have looked at him as a Buckeye Slayer. I mean, he goes up and you look, you look at it, and it looked like a mirror image of itself. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that guy went up both times, double, double Incredible. air, double hands in the sky, yep. late hands too, yep. which is great. Yeah. You know, that's what receivers are always taught: no doubt. is don't give yourself away. Yeah. Because the defensive backs can read it, and what yes. did he do while the ball was in the pinnacle of the air? I mean, he's still running. He stopped. And he looks all right at the last second. I'm going to jump. I'm going to extend my hands yeah, yeah. out there. You have to give Nico Collins props a because he love. played yes, a great to. game. You have to. And, and you just mentioned, I mean, how about Malik Harrison? Yeah, right. Dog. I mean, all yeah. year long, we've been talking yeah. about these linebackers and how they've been out of position, the missed tackles. We heard Urban and the coaches talk about this. So it's not just us. Um, these guys absolutely stepped up. But Malik Harrison. He was looking like Ray Lewis out there. Sure he he looking was. like Brian Urlacher out yeah. there. He was absolutely everywhere. And I thought Joel Klatt and those guys, Gus Johnson, they did a great job of highlighting how disciplined he was, right? Because with the play action stuff mm-hmm. and all that stuff, they were trying to get him out of position. He wasn't biting on it because it could have been so easy for him being to know in the back of his mind, man, Michigan, they want to run the rock. They want to run the rock. They want to run the rock. But he was staying in position. He was all over the place. So that was the guy to me that I thought was the MVP of the defense right there. When you talk about the way he played. Now, I know Tough Borland ended up with seven tackles, but you just watched 39 all day all on Saturday, all afternoon on Saturday. He had the game of his career here yeah. at Ohio State, and it was absolutely needed because that's, let's face it, Buckeye Nation, you and I, there were no concerns about this offense. You know with number seven back there, pretty much all things are possible. With this receiving core who had another big day, mm-hmm. all things are possible with them. And Mike Weber stepping up. we got to give the offensive line some love. But defensively, that's where all the question marks were. And Malik Harrison, Tough Borland, these linebackers, man, they showed up and absolutely balled out. And I know there's some guys on the D-line that you want to talk about because you mentioned them on Friday. And one of your guys from D-Town stepped up and had a heck of a game too, I thought. Of course he did. You look at Robert Landers and what he was able to do, the amount of penetration that he was able to get in the backfield. And listen, Michigan all year, you know, their offensive line hasn't been like world beaters, uh, but they've been good enough to give Shea Patterson yeah. some time. They've been good enough to clear out some room for Karan Higdon. But you look at this game on Saturday, and I think ultimately whatever – not even every college football game, but every every NFL game, every high school game, every college game, whatever, I think you can truly say that every game is one in the trenches. And you look at what Ohio State's defensive line did on Saturday. This is the defensive line that we were expecting at the beginning of the year. Yep. This was the defensive line that we looked at and said, all right, with Nick Bosa and Chase Young coming off the ends, this is going to be a problem. And so Ohio State won the, won the battle of the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I mean, Robert Landers, big game Bobby. I mean, he was out oh, there man. eating. Davon Hamilton, I thought, had a, an incredible game. Picked That's kid. right, yeah. Jonathan Cooper, Gehanna kid, yep. I thought he had a phenomenal game no too. Doubt, man. You look at Chase Young, the predator out there. There. Yeah. He had a, a great game. And so what this defensive line was able to do, Maddie, and we just talked to Malik, about Malik Harrison at Extent here, it was able to open the linebackers up mm-hmm. because for so long, 
you know, we criticized the linebacking play and we criticized Bill Davis for not putting guys in spaces that they needed to be and being too close to the line of scrimmage. And listen, I think that that was an adjustment that was needed. Yeah. They did that. They put the linebackers in great spots. But what allowed them to roam freely and what allowed them to make plays yeah. was that the defensive line kept their contain. They did everything the responsibility needed to do. They allowed their playmakers behind them to go out there and make plays. Yeah. And so, you know, really what Michigan has been based on all year has been a heavy run game with Karan Higdon and that play action pass and so when you get that going when you get a defensive line who is allowing Karan Higdon to only average two and a half three yards per carry that allows your linebackers to stay at home a little bit more and not bite on the run play because if he was out there gashing people then the linebackers are going to have to bite and fill every hole but since that didn't happen and that d-line was getting so much good pressure and so much good push then that allowed your linebackers that allowed Malik Harrison to have the game that Mm -hmm. allowed Tuff Borland that allowed Pete Werner to get time and space and be able to do what they need to do as the linebackers of this unit so you can't speak highly enough even though the scoreboard says 39 for Michigan, mm-hmm. all right, you look at that and you say, okay, well, if Demario McCall didn't have that little fumble before the end of the first half, yep. that's seven points. And then uh, when Milton came in, you know, I mean, you yeah. look, that was garbage time. It was, it that was, was garbage, garbage time. So you time. can wipe off 21 oh, points I off agree. the board for Michigan there and say, listen, this Ohio State defense Dominated allowed 18 points Dominated to Michigan's them. offense. Eight Nobody expected that. Nobody expected that, right? And you talk about 11 total tackles between Malik Harrison and B.B. Landers, three of those tackles for losses. So they were just whooping Michigan's offensive line all game long. And you mentioned Chase Young, right? He had some some of those plays to where you saw, okay, that's why he has the nickname the Predator, right? Because this is a guy that you and I have been not really calling out, but we just have so much high expectation for him because we know what he can be in his future. Then we haven't seen it yet since Nick Bosa departed. And that's fine because it takes time for dudes to realize, hey, when I'm the Man, it's a totally different ball game out yeah. here as far as what I'm seeing from offensive lines and different offenses. So, no, defensively, we can't talk highly enough about how those guys play. Now, I think one thing that we should address, and I know a lot of people are irritated by the way the defensive backs play, right? Play the ball. Kendall Sheffield, to me, that's good coverage. That's good coverage, On the two right? touchdown. Kick, right. Yeah. When you talk about getting their heads around, those guys are talking. I talked to Dave Biddle. He covers for uh, mm-hmm. Ohio State football for Bucknuts. We've had him on the pod before. He's taught that because in the NFL you have to turn your head around. In college, you don't have to. Those guys feel like it's a tougher matchup for you to catch the ball when I'm right in your grill face-to-face than it is if I turn around and I can lose you on the back end. So, no, it is a frustrating thing for me even because – I wouldn't want my DBs to find the ball, right? And you're talking about maybe if Kendall Sheffield, head around, yeah. yeah, if he does snap his head around, maybe he does swat that ball away. Who knows? But like you said, you got to give Nico Collins some love because those were absolutely yeah. incredible plays oh, that yeah. he made. But we're just picking at things here because now what you're talking about is you've got a team that's playing for a Big Ten championship game mm-hmm. right down the road in Indy on Saturday against Northwestern, who you know is going to be a tough out, right? Regardless of how what their record says, you know Pat Fitzgerald is going to have his squad ready to go on Saturday. But for Ohio State, Beam, can they continue to take this defensive momentum, like you said, without those garbage time, garbage time touchdowns? Can they take this momentum, go down to Indy, and they're, oh, they are 14-point favorite. They're yeah. the better team. On Saturday, I don't want to see a letdown. We'll talk more about that, but just defensively, I think Buckeyes should should feel great about what they got because offensively, you know what you're going to get for the most part from this team. They're They're an absolute problem. The number two overall, I think, scoring offense coming into the game on Saturday, but defensively, man, they just blew me away. Like I said, I can't speak highly enough about how these cats played because I was not expecting this at all. If you told me Ohio State was going to come into this game and score 62 points, well, I'd say, well, Michigan had at least 50-something. At least 50-something, maybe even more, because if they got into a bit of a shootout, 
I could see that being a style of game for Ohio State, but they completely just dominated, put the clamps down, and said, Michigan, not this year. Better luck next year, maybe. Guys, want to tell you about our friends over at Rumman. We know that guys are terrible of taking it of care of their health. Whether it's a knee injury, bad back, something worse, guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. The same is true for ED. Studies show that 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman has created an easy way to get treated by a doctor to get treated for ED online. Roman is a one-stop shop where licensed U.S. physicians can diagnose ED and ship medication right to your door. With Roman, there are no waiting rooms, awkward face-to-face conversations. We've all been there. Un- uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You can handle everything discreetly online. All you have to do is visit GetRoman.com slash locked. Fill out a brief medical onboarding, chat with a doctor, get an FDA-approved ED meds delivered right to your door in discreet, unmarked packaging. For a free online visit, go to GetRoman.com slash locked. That's GetRoman.com slash locked for a free online visit. GetRoman.com slash locked. We'll be back to give you our initial reactions of the college football playoff rankings and Ohio State's big victory in the Big Ten Championship over Northwestern. You are Locked On Buckeyes. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. All right, welcome back into the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. The best of the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. Like I said, Matty Ice is up in Cleveland. I'm up in Chicago right now, so we decided to put together this uh, nice little best of program going through our mindset throughout the past three weeks in Buckeye football. Uh, Our reaction to the Michigan game, you just heard that. Here's our reaction to the Big Ten championship game and Ohio State missing missing out on the college football playoff. There will not be more than one more game for the Ohio State Buckeyes because the season is a wrap. They are Big Ten champs. They are. So we'll give them a little golf clap for that. Crown them. Go ahead and crown them. We'll give them a golf clap for that. But, unfortunately, Ohio State will not be playing for a national championship for the second year in a row. And they can't blame anyone but themselves. Right. Um, This is two years in a row now where you get hammered by a team that you had no business even messing around with, Mm -hmm. let alone losing in that fashion. And unfortunately, it happened for the Buckeyes, and I don't think it was enough for the committee to get over. Now, other teams obviously had to handle their business in front of them, but um, what happened in Indy on Saturday did not matter because what Oklahoma did on Saturday, and to me, the biggest part of that beam was the what they did defensively. Yeah. Now, offensively, you know, the committee, they had told us historically how great this offense was, that being Oklahoma and Kyler Murray, and he's, he'll be in New York with Dwayne Haskins and all that stuff, but defensively, I think there were a lot of question marks about what they could be. And look, they came out and they handled their business against Texas, only holding them to 27 points. And I thought that was enough for um, Oklahoma to solidify that fourth spot unless something funky happened in the SEC championship game, which it almost did. But Bama ended up handling their business. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But that's the biggest thing to me is what Oklahoma did on Saturday, only giving up 27 points. And then what we saw early in the game against Northwestern where they get gashed for a 70-yard touchdown run, yep. um, that to me solidified Ohio State's fate in that moment right there because that's what the committee was waiting to see if Ohio State could shore something up like that. And unfortunately, they weren't able to repeat what they did in the shoe uh, two weeks ago against Michigan. So it's unfortunate. You are playing in the Rose Bowl. You get to face Michigan on New Year's – I'm sorry, Washington on New Year's Just Day. Say, if they were facing off against Michigan in the Rose Bowl, lit. sign me up. That would be all day long. I would love that all day long. But, no, Beam, it's going to be Washington. And, it's honestly, I'm not excited about it. I'm honestly not excited about it. The countdown to that game – um, I could care less. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think that you know, if you roll the clocks back, Maddie, you know, 20, 25 years, and you say Ohio State gets a chance to uh, 
go play in the Rose Bowl, then there's no doubt you would be excited about it. But I think that with the uh, introduction of the college football playoffs, since they got away from the BCS, the Bowl Championship Series, only getting uh, two teams in there, now that they've upped it to four, uh, you think that, all right, going into every season that Ohio State has a chance to get in there. And they, and they should, you know. I mean, this is a, a one-loss Big Ten championship team here with Dwayne Haskins just moving people left and right, getting, getting them out of the way uh, and just rolling through the Dwayne train, yeah. going right off the tracks, man. But, uh, yeah, I think if you go back, you know, you would have told people at the beginning of the season you get to play in the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that people would be upset about it, and I think here we are in Columbus, Ohio, sitting here talking about it on a Monday, and I think people are, are still upset about it. Uh, but really, the one thing that I have to say, considering uh, or just talking about this Ohio State Buckeyes team, is that you can't afford, we've seen the committee now, you know, you can't afford uh, either a home loss or an away loss by 20-plus points to a team that is barely bowl eligible. A you bad just, football you, yeah, team, you, right. you can't do it. Um, you know, it would be maybe a little bit different if you're talking there that Purdue would have gone to uh, maybe win out, maybe win the Big Ten West, and maybe you get a uh, another shot there to right. face Purdue again. Uh, but this is a team in Purdue, Maddie, that was six and six on the year. They're barely bowl eligible. Yep. I know that they got the old oaken bucket against Indiana, uh, but you look at this, and you know it was a um, it wasn't even a trap game going into the game against Purdue. It was a game where you had a heightened sense of awareness. Mm-hmm. You knew what was coming down the tracks, and Purdue got you. So I'm sitting here on a Monday. Am I frustrated with this team? I, I don't know. I don't know if frustrated is the w- right w- way to put it. Just because I think that. You see what this offense can do, and I really, truly believe that you know, in this big of moments, Maddie, in these big games, I think Ohio State does come to play. I think there's no doubt about it. Yeah. I don't think this team would have gotten rolled in a college football playoff no, game because all. I think what this offense is doing is spectacular, mm-hmm. and I right. think that they can keep up with anyone in the country when they're rolling. Yeah. But I think that uh, I'm just frustrated because you know that this team could do damage, and you know that that, that – that loss against Purdue is so mind-boggling bad Man. that even when you know you had that close game against Maryland, the offense was rolling. You had that close game against Nebraska. Mm-hmm. You, that didn't do much for me. Didn't do much for Buckeye Nation. But you got the win, and so you go back to that Purdue game and you look at it and say, you just you cannot get blown out by 29 points on the road yeah. to a mediocre football team. That's it. That's it. It's plain and simple. I think mediocre is being nice yeah. about it. Yeah. Being nice about it. I mean, look, they had a superstar player in Rondell Moore sure. who we talked about at length during that week, and uh, we knew it was going to be a scary thing for the Buckeyes, and they weren't able to handle it. So credit Purdue in that moment. But this is two years in a row where Ohio State fans are looking at the same exact movie with the same exact script because what the Iowa loss did to your season a year ago is the same thing that the Purdue loss did for you this season. So, look, it's a one-loss team, but yep. when you're Ohio State, you're expected to play for national championships. That's why they recruit at a high level. That's why they pay the coaches the amount of money that they pay them, and that's why those the staff and the players have the resources that they have because they're expected to go out and compete year in and year out for national championships. And, unfortunately, now you got two years in a row where it's been taken out of your hands because of something, like you just said, Beam, to where it's been an unacceptable loss to a team that the committee can't get over. And I right. can't blame those people I get in the it. committee room I get it. for looking at yeah. Ohio State through that yep. prism and saying, you know what, that is unacceptable. Because what Oklahoma had going on was a loss to a team that finished 15th in the last college football playoff sure. ranking. So that, to me, is much more respected, obviously, than a team that's not even close to being in the top 25. So your final four is going to be Bama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Oklahoma. So obviously Alabama will play Oklahoma, Clemson will play Notre Dame. I still think Ohio State's a better football team than Notre Dame. I believe that. You yeah. know, I've been off the Notre Dame thing all along. All I know along. You have. They yeah. proved me wrong when they hammered Syracuse. I had to show them some love for that. But I think on Ohio State's best day, they're better than Ian Book and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I truly believe that. Do you? 
Yeah, I'm with you on that, that I think they're better. But here's the thing. It's just that, you know, it can go good or bad for Notre Dame when you look at it because we know that they don't play in a conference. We know that they have that independent money coming in. Yep. Uh, they have that national TV deal with NBC. you got Mike Tirico and Doug Flutie who are doing their games every week. And so, Maddie, you know, they, they laid down the gauntlet for them. And typically, Notre Dame schedules a very, very tough schedule. We know that they play, you know, mostly their games inside of the ACC. They always finish up the season with USC. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you look at that and, you know, credit to Notre Dame for winning all their games sure. because they can't control. Well, I, I guess I should say the players can't control that they're not in a conference. The coach can't control that. But right. of course, the, uh, the brass tacks over there at Notre mm-hmm. Dame, they can control if they join the right, ACC, right. whatever. And so for me, like, I'm with you that I think Ohio State is the better team than Notre Dame. Um, obviously, it'll be it'll play out on a national stage when they yep. take on Clemson and they take on Dabo Swinney and the Tigers. Uh, but for me, I, I do think Ohio State is the better team. But listen, I have no I have no qualms about them getting in either because they set forward to do what they did. And they they did went it. 12 and 0 in a college they football schedule. Yep. They did their job. And so for me, I. I understand why people are upset mm-hmm. about it. I was listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis on my way in mm-hmm. today with Bo and James. Yeah. And, um, you know, James made a great point that he, that basically, you know, he, that you're playing these quarterfinal games uh, this past Saturday for Championship Saturday, and you have a bunch of teams going out there still with everything to lose right. and nothing to win, like Alabama. You know, mm-hmm. they had everything to lose this year. They had nothing to gain from, from playing that game. Right. Clemson was the same way. And so... You look at that and the fact that Notre Dame doesn't have to play in a conference championship game, that's nothing that those kids can control. They went out, they did their mission, they set forward what they wanted to accomplish, and they went 12-0 and on the season. Congratulations to them. But if you're asking me if I think Ohio State is the better team than Notre Dame, yes, I do. Yeah, yes, I do. I'm with you on that, but like you said, there's nothing, there's no legs for Ohio State sure. fans to stand on no. to defend that at right. the moment because – the way your schedule was set up, you had it in front of you to beat a team like Purdue and be a conference champion, and you didn't handle your business. Guys, let me tell you about our friends over at Sling TV. You don't want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. You're sick of paying for 20 channels you never watch when you just want to see your team win? Well, Sling TV is the best way for you to watch college football. For only $30 a month, you get ESPN, Pac-12, SEC, and more. Stream it on your big screen and all of your favorite devices. Sling TV gives you the live TV that you love, except it's only better. There are no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel it at any time. Sign up for Sling TV and get a seven-day free trial. Locked on listeners, you can get your seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's sling.com slash locked on. Go check our friends over at Sling TV out. This is Locked On Buckeyes, your team every day. All right, guys, welcome back into the best of the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. Like I said earlier, Maddie Hayes is up in Cleveland. I'm up in Chicago right now. Hopefully the Bears can pull off a win against the Night King, Aaron Rodgers, take him down and be crowned NFC North champion. Sorry for all the Packers fans that are out there. I just hope it goes the Bears' way. All right, we're going to leave you off here. Our last segment of the day is going to be our initial reactions of when Dwayne Haskins was invited up to New York, and we both thought that he wasn't treated like a Heisman finalist. Here you go. There was an Ohio State Buckeye that was in the Big Apple, if you yep. didn't if you didn't know. That being Dwayne Haskins. You may have heard of him this year if you follow Ohio State football. And uh, look, I know a lot of Buckeye fans are very disappointed by, I think, the lack of coverage of Dwayne Haskins. Because I don't think there was a lot of people that were really expecting him to take the trophy. Yep. You and I thought he was definitely deserving of it, sure. for sure. But I think that's what rubbed people the wrong way because it seemed like to me – and it hit me that way that he was kind of an afterthought. Yeah, I even saw a piece from our guy, our Wars, uh, War, Wasserman, excuse me, from the Athletic, and him he, oh uh, yeah, him too, his twin brother, <laughs> and he put out a quote where Dwayne was asked about who he thinks should win the Heisman between Kyler and Tua, 
And the reporter didn't even ask him about himself personally. And you can read the quotes. I think it's out there on 11 Warriors. They put it in their skull session today. You, you guys know they do a great job of covering all things Ohio oh, yeah. State. Um, to where Dwayne was a little salty about it. And understandably so, right? This guy put up ridiculous numbers. Arguably the best season in Ohio State history at the quarterback position. Um, arguably the best offensive season Ohio sure. State's ever seen in the history of the school. That, to me, is what really shocked me was that Dwayne just felt like they were just handing him a nice gift by just being there, and they really didn't give him a ton of respect. So, um, look, Kyler Murray won this thing. You can't take anything away from him when you look at his numbers, over yep, 4,000 yards passing, 40, 40 touchdowns, seven interceptions, all that good stuff, especially what he did with his legs as well. But that, to me, is what really blew me away, Beam, was the lack of, I don't want to say of respect, but just the lack of coverage that Dwayne got all week long, really. Yeah, I'm with you, Maddie. You know, I was uh, I woke up on Saturday morning, and um, you know, first thing I do is I flip on ESPN in the morning or Fox Sports or whatever. If there's no Premier League games on, I just I go over there and I watch what's uh, you know going on. And it was early in the morning. I think it was about you know eight fifteen or eight thirty. Uh, and they had Kyler on. They had Kyler on uh, Sports Center before they got into their game day coverage. I'm like, all right, you know, that's fine having Kyler Murray on. And then. You know, the, the pictures kind of started trickling out on game day where they did an interview with Kyler and Tua, mm-hmm. just the two of them on game day, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, hold on a minute, all right? Let's pump, the, up, let's pump the brakes for a second because right. I, if we're being honest, like I understand from a voter's perspective that a lot of the early votes came in yep. um, that you know, Tua and Kyler were the most likely options to win, okay? There, there was no doubt about it. No. And so... But what I just don't understand is that, like, Dwayne Haskins is a finalist for this award, too. Don't leave him on the back burner. You that's know, all, just that's my only thing. Treat him like he's a Heisman finalist. Yes. That's it. Like, this guy is one of the top three players in the country. Right. He's up for a Heisman award. Yeah. He already got disrespected for not being up for the Davey O'Brien and the Maxwell award. Yep. Whatever. Will Greer and Gardner Minshew. Ridiculous. Congratulations. You're a finalist for that award. That's all said and good. But. This is the Heisman Trophy, all right? This is the biggest single prize that you can win outside of the national championship in college football. Your name goes down in legacy with some of the all-time college football greats, NFL greats, whatever. Yes. For a guy like that to be able to get to go to New York City and experience everything like that, uh, which is very cool for Dwayne, but really kind of just be an afterthought for the entire day. Like it did, it rubbed me the absolute wrong way. That's all I'm saying is just put some respect on my guy Dwayne Haskins' name. Put some respect on his name. Not even respect. It's respect like our guy Birdman. Uh, But no, that's the feeling that I think a lot of people took away from this thing because like I said off the top, I don't think a lot of people were absolutely expecting to win this. You can skew all these guys' numbers, especially the top three, and make a case for them to win the Heisman. You could do that for Tua, Kyler, and definitely for Dwayne Haskins. But like you said... He just felt like he was a complete afterthought, and they were just really yeah, trying to sickening. give him a, a pat on the back for being there, for having an incredible season. And honestly, it kind of just encapsulates his entire season sure. here at Ohio State. Yeah, When you look at what he did here in Columbus, Ohio, everything that transpired in the summer and everything that just happened in the last week with Urban riding out in the sunset, hopefully with a Rose Bowl win and hand this baton off to Ryan Day, it completely wiped away his Heisman hype week. It really did. And I think we're going to look back at this year in history, five, ten years, whatever it is, when he goes to the NFL and he's suiting up for whatever NFL franchise and he's lighting it up the way we're seeing some of these rookie quarterbacks. Maybe it takes him into year two, whatever the case is. Um, We're going to look back at this year and say, wow, did we really soak it all in? And on a much smaller scale, it reminded me of the year of Malik Hooker. Because when sure. you go back and oh, you yeah. really look at what Malik Hooker did, how he now there were some dogs on that defense. 
But when you what he was doing <laughs> back there, I mean, he was absolutely lights sure. out at safety. And I think he was just here in such a flash beam yep. that like it really you gotta remind yourself that yeah, Malik Hooker went to Ohio State. You see him playing for the Colts. He's having a pretty good year this year. He was banged up last year, obviously, with a gruesome injury to his knee. But, man, that's what I think is going to happen for a lot of Buckeye fans, and myself included. When you look back at this one singular year, because I do think he's gone, you think so too, Mm -hmm. and I think it'd be a mistake for him to come back now when you look at the class that he can leave out with. But, I mean, my goodness, have we really been soaked everything in the way we should have with Dwayne Haskins? I don't think so, and I think Saturday was just a cherry on top to that Sunday to where, man, we just kind of, in a blink of an eye, really just looked past – one of the greatest Ohio State seasons we we've ever seen offensively. Yeah, I mean, what Dwayne Haskins has done, you know, I think you and I and you know, listeners of this podcast and Ohio State fans, like you you've soaked in what Dwayne Haskins has done. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I think a lot of people understand how truly special this guy is and, you know, number 1 and number 2 fans are right here with me and you. Like yes. I can't say enough about Dwayne Haskins, uh just the way that he conducts himself on and off the football field. Seems like a great person. Um and so you know, I, this is a guy, Matty, who's going out every single week and shattering Ohio State records. Just, uh, just just, demolishing Ohio State records week in and week out. Passing yards, touchdowns, single season passing yards, touchdowns, Big Ten records, uh, Ohio State records, everything. And then for a guy like Dwayne Haskins to get invited to the Heisman, um, once again, very cool. But that's all I'm saying is just treat that cat like he belongs there. Yeah. All right? Because if you're not going to treat him like that, then just make it a two-man show Please. and don't even invite him. That's what that's the feeling I was getting. Yeah. I came to the point Saturday in the evening when this thing was rolling. I was like, why did they even bring him here? All right, that does it for the first of the best of the Lockdown Buckeyes podcast. Uh, I will be back on Tuesday. Maddie will be back here on Monday. I hope everybody enjoys their weekend. I hope you enjoyed our best of program. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go up to Chicago and have a good time. Like I said, Maddie's up in Cleveland. Have a great weekend. And we'll talk to you guys next week.